0: Hello, hello, everyone, it's me, Lisa Lillian, also known as Hungry Girl, and we are back with yet another myth-blasting episode. Of Chew the Right Thing with our very good friend Robert Davis. For those of you who don't know, Robert is also known as the healthy skeptic. He knows everything about everything and he is absolutely my go-to guy when it comes to myth blasting and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, The last episode we did with him was a huge success. Everybody loved it and asked for more. So this week we're jumping in and Talking about topics like intermittent fasting, vegan and veggie diets, vitamins, and so much more. So we're going to get right to it. Hope you love it. Robert, thank you so much for joining us. I am excited to blast more myths, which is what we do when you come here. And I love
1: it. Great. Let's do it.
0: (laughs) Okay. Intermittent fasting is all the rage. Almost everyone that I know, like people you would never expect to be understanding this or trying it, they're fasting intermittently. And for weight loss, what's the truth about it?
1: Well, you know, there are different kinds of intermittent fasting diets. There are different varieties that are promoted. You've got the 5-2 diet where you eat, you know, that is where you eat 500 or 600 calories for two days a week and eat normally the other days. You can do alternate day fasting where every other day you eat 500 or fewer calories. And then you can do what's called time-restricted feeding. That's another variation where... Uh, you only eat certain hours of the day so you eat certain you restrict your eating to certain hours of the day And you don't eat the rest of the time so there are all kinds of different ways to do these diets
0: We didn't even talk a little about what it actually is but it is what it sounds like you intermittently stop eating So
1: right or eat very little so you made a little bit But your calorie intake is very very low on the quote fasting hours or fasting days and
0: some people fast for the whole day like 24 hours
1: Yes, I guess that's another, you can do that as well.
0: It's just, it's whatever you want it to be.
1: Yes, as I said, th- those are just three of the variations, but there are other other ways to do it as well.
0: And the people I know have ha- actually had success losing weight. So what do you think that's attributed to?
1: Well, I think it's attributed to you're just taking in fewer calories. I mean, it, it completely makes sense. You're going to only eat certain days or eat certain hours of the day. You're going to take in fewer calories. But what the studies show is that an intermittent fasting diet Results in no more weight loss than a restricted calorie diet, so they're the same when you look at how much weight people actually lose.
0: But so wait, so wait, if it's the same, but maybe it's just easier for people to achieve that than like limiting their calories throughout the day.
1: Exactly. So it may be for certain people that's an easier way to do it. Um, I think for me it wouldn't work because I can't go for long periods without eating food, but there are other people it may work perfectly fine, so I really think it's an individual thing whether that's a better way for you to lose weight. I think over the long term, as with any diet, it's really questionable as to how sustainable it is, and I think given the temptations that we all face when we go anywhere with food – um, I would think it'd be very, very difficult to do this for any period of time. But, but there are people who swear by it, obviously.
0: Yeah, and I knew somebody that like, wouldn't eat one day a week. She just wouldn't eat any food. And she lost a lot of weight and just got into great shape. So I guess it, just like with any other diet, it's about whatever works for you. It's very right. individual.
1: right? Thing. But I would say that this particular diet, there's some caveats. I mean, certain people should clearly stay away from it. People that have a history of eating disorders, this is a risky thing to try. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have conditions like diabetes, if you're on certain medications, um, obviously if you're pregnant or nursing, the, there, there are certain situations where this is not a good idea.
0: So you should consult your doctor?
1: As always, Yes.
0: Okay, and, and are there other pitfalls where if people don't eat for a long period of time, when they do eat, they're hungrier and they end up eating more calories?
1: Yeah, you know, that would be my concern. In, in my, for me personally, I think I'd be tempted to pig out. If I go for a day or for some period of time and eat little or nothing on the time I could eat normally, um, I would overeat, I, I fear. Now, not everybody does that, but I think that's one of the big concerns about this diet is the ability for people to still eat reasonably when they are on their, quote, normal uh, eating day,
0: mm-hmm. I, I've tried it where I've gone probably sixteen or eighteen hours, and that's as long as I can go. And then when I do start to eat, I start by drinking like two full glasses of water, just so I'm not like thinking I'm so you know hungry and I have to eat everything in sight. So that helps me personally. Uh, but speaking of dieting and diets and ways that people want to lose weight, another diet that is extremely popular these days is people going um, meatless. People becoming vegan and people just having very strict vegetarian or vegan diets specifically for weight loss. Um, it, I want to talk about that, but first I want to set it up and let people know the difference between a vegan diet and a vegetarian diet. So a vegetarian diet just avoids meat, and a vegan diet, they you just can't even have dairy. So you can't have things like eggs or milk or cheese, and it really severely limits what you can take in. What are your thoughts about vegan and vegetarian diets?
1: So, you know, I think there's a lot of misinformation that swirls around this kind of diet. Um, First of all, if people want to do it for other than health reasons, it's great. A lot of people do it for other than health reasons. They do it for animal welfare. They do it for the environment. That's great. Um, But I think that when it comes to health, it's a lot more complicated. And so I would say there are two things when it comes to health you need to ask. um, Number one is, what do you mean by a vegetarian diet? As you say, it could be vegan or vegetarian. But beyond that, a vegetarian diet could be beans and nuts and vegetables and whole grains, or it could be beer and chips and soda. So there, there's a lot. I've seen it. You know, in, or Oreos. You know, so I think... Yeah, that they're, have, they're vegan. Right. So you need <laughs> to ask, what do you mean exactly? What's included in that diet? Because there are big differences there. And I think number two, you have to ask, what are you comparing it to? Because if you compare a vegetarian or vegan diet to a normal American diet, what you find is that vegetarians are, have lower rates of heart disease, of cancer. They tend to be leaner or lower rates of diabetes. And so in that, in that case, if you compare it to a normal diet, it's clearly better. But if you compare it to a healthy diet, which means a mostly plant diet, the kind of diet that's typically recommended with some meat or chicken or fish, um, it's not necessarily better in terms of disease, in terms of weight. So really, it's all about what you're comparing it to. Uh, And so you can certainly lose weight or maintain a healthy weight on a vegetarian diet, but it's all about what is in that diet, as with any diet, what foods are in that diet, and what's the composition of that diet. That's really what matters as opposed to it just being a vegetarian diet and not including meat.
0: Well, I know. And and what we tend to do is we want that magic bullet. We want that answer to becoming skinnier or healthier or happier. And a lot of people just assume that if you're vegan or vegetarian, you're going to be thinner and healthier. And that definitely is not the case. But as you say, it's the same with any diet. So even if you're eating all natural foods or all organic foods, if you're making the wrong choices, and at the end of the day, you're taking in, you know, a lot of calories and a lot more calories than you burn, you're going to gain weight. So it's about being reasonable.
1: Right. And, and actually, I have known people that have gained weight uh, on vegetarian diets because they end up eating low amounts of protein and lots of carbs that maybe stimulate their appetite. I, yeah, and I, so it's quite possible to gain weight on a vegetarian diet. I would be diet. the
0: world's largest vegetarian. if I, I, I'm i telling you because all I would eat is mac and cheese <laughs> and pizza. Um and it would even be worse if I was a vegan because the options would be more limited. I would eat cashews all day, probably. <laughs> so, because I'm, I'm a person that eats a lot of animal protein and I feel very satisfied by it. Like, it makes me happy and I can eat small amounts of calories. And I actually live with my niece who is vegan who I see the way she eats and she's 19 and, and she... She does the, you know, frosting and peanut butter on a spoon, you know, after dinner or for dinner, and she has a really tough time finding sources of protein. And I, I did spend a lot of time trying to show her like, the bang, the protein bang for your calorie buck. Because sometimes she'll say, "Look, this has two grams of protein," and I'm like, "But it's like a hundred calories, and each gram of protein has four calories, so you know, only eight calories of that hundred calories." Or protein, what's the rest? Is it fat? Is it carbs? So people just need to pay attention and not, you know, just say in a blanket statement, I'm vegan, I'm healthy and skinny.
1: Right, and I would add to that they need to watch out for the nutrients too because particularly if you're vegan, it's harder to get the nutrients you need, like calcium and like B12 that you get from uh, dairy Dairy, products or other foods. So it doesn't mean you can't get adequate nutrients, but you do need to be very careful to make sure your your diet is balanced and you have the foods that are gonna provide those nutrients.
0: Um, And so that leads me to the next topic because I wanna jump in and talk a little bit about vitamins and supplements. Um, First of all, do people need to take a multivitamin? Is that something you think is necessary?
1: The short answer to that question is that uh, people do not need to take a multivitamin. Most people don't need a multivitamin. Um, You know, multivitamins are promoted for all kinds of things, but when you look at the studies, the studies show that people who take multivitamins do not have lower rates of heart disease. uh, They don't have lower rates of other chronic diseases. They don't necessarily live longer than people who don't take multivitamins. Um, Also, there's no evidence, really, that they help ward off colds and other infections, or they make you feel more energetic, or that they help uh, boost brain health, anything like that. So a lot of the claims that are made about multivitamins are not supported by the evidence. Now, that said, there are certain people. We just t- we talked about vegans. There are certain people where they make sense. If you're on a vegan diet, a multivitamin may make sense. Um, if you're on a very, very low-calorie diet, a multivitamin may make sense. So there are certain situations where it, they may make sense. But for most people who are on a reasonably healthy diet, um, there's no evidence you really need a multivitamin.
0: So a follow-up to that where you say it doesn't give you more energy or whatever in a multi, what about like the B-complex vitamins or B12 vitamins where they say that it's specifically to give you energy? And if you take a, like a large amount of that specific vitamin, could that help?
1: No. You know, and that's something we often hear that B vitamins are a source of energy. Uh, and sometimes multivitamins are promoted as special energy-producing vitamins because they they are higher, say, in b uh, vitamins, But the truth is that you need B vitamins to turn the food you eat into energy, but B vitamins themselves don't give you energy, oh. don't make you feel more energetic. So that's a myth, um, and it's often used to market just B-complex vitamins or multivitamins, uh, but it's not true.
0: I didn't know that. I take a I take a B supplement every day. I feel so energized. Maybe well, maybe it's all the food I'm eating it's, along it's, with it. <laughs>
1: it's not necessarily going to hurt you. And with regard to multivitamins, taking a multi every day, there's no evidence it causes harm. And what you don't need, you're just going to pee out. Uh, but the question is re- whether you really need that. And the answer for most people is probably not.
0: So what vitamins do we need that typically we are deficient in? I've, I've often heard vitamin D is a big one. Other is that true and other other vitamins right so
1: vitamin d is a good example vitamin d you get from your skin makes from exposure to the sun And there's controversy as to what the optimal level is, but a lot of people are thought to be deficient in vitamin D. And so that's one reason you might take a multivitamin to get more vitamin D. Older people, people over 50, uh, tend to have lower levels of B12. That's because they have more trouble uh, uh, absorbing B12 from the food they eat. So that might make, make sense for older people to take a multi to get more vitamin B12. So those are two examples. Younger women, Folic acid, that's necessary for women of childbearing age, for a healthy fetus. Uh, So those are examples where people, uh, it might make sense to get a multivitamin or some kind of supplement.
0: And is there a difference whether or not you get your vitamins from food or from the sun, or if you take a supplement? Is one better for you than the other?
1: Natural is always better, because studies have shown that when you either let people get their vitamins through food or get them through a vitamin pill, food always results in uh, and better outcomes.
0: Yeah. food,
1: uh, because, <laughs> I'd rather
0: eat than pop a pill. Anyway, yeah. Because so. there
1: are other constituents in food. I mean, we, we often try to reduce the benefits of food down to a pill and almost every time it doesn't have the same benefits or benefits that we anticipate, um, that we get, we get from eating food.
0: It's interesting though. So you might like have a vegetable and it might say, Oh, it's a hundred percent of your daily vitamin A. But if you look at your, Supplement that you're taking, it's like 43,000 times the amount of vitamin A that you need, which doesn't really help you.
1: No. And that's something else that, that I should add when you look at vitamin supplements. Um, often you'll have special supplements that are marketed toward men or toward women or toward seniors or different groups, and they have larger amounts than the recommended level of certain vitamins. And that's generally not necessary. I mean, more is not necessarily better. I think if you just want to take multivitamins, go for a basic inexpensive multivitamin that has 100% Flintstones, of the daily, chewables. Right, whatever works. Does a purple uh, Dino work? However, I will tell you that watch out for gummies. The gummies are really popular now. Wait, but wait, often... wait, wait, wait,
0: wait, hold on. You're not going to say something bad about gummy vitamins, are well, you?
1: Well, I'm afraid so because there have been studies that have shown that gummies often do not have the same levels of nutrients that other vitamins do. So... Oh, my
0: gosh. Oh, this is so disappointing. Back to the purple Dinos. <laughs> Flintstones <laughs> chewables are the best. Now, I think you can buy all the Dinos alone in a separate bottle, I think. You don't have to deal with the red barnies. Okay, I'm, I'm just getting off on a tangent. <laughs> One last vitamin question. Does it matter when you take your multivitamins? Do you have to take it with food? Do you take it in the morning? Does it not matter at all?
1: Taking it with food is a good idea because in some people the vitamins can cause stomach upset. So to avoid that, uh, taking it with food is, is always wise.
0: Okay, and does it not work if you don't take it with food? No, mm-hmm. but right. it
1: just—I think it's it's better for your stomach if you do that.
0: Got it. All right, another supplement that is all the rage these days, and. I probably should be taking it more often because I hear really good things, but I'll tell you what my issue with it is. But the zinc supplements, everything they say that when you have signs of a cold that you should take it, it'll heal your cold, it'll make you feel better. Do zinc supplements actually fight colds? Do they work?
1: Uh, The answer here is that there is evidence that they may help. Um, So specifically, we're talking about zinc lozenges. And so studies have shown that zinc lozenges, and we're talking about certain forms of zinc, some, a form called zinc acetate, also a form called zinc gluconate, those two forms, zinc acetate. Will and, it
0: say that on the lozenge? Yes, you okay. have to look
1: at the label, okay. zinc okay. acetate or zinc gluconate, those two forms, in the form of a lozenge can reduce the length of colds by an average of three days, which is pretty good considering average cold lasts about a week. So if you can reduce it by almost half, that's pretty good.
0: That's huge. I mean, yeah. can you take these as a preventative measure?
1: No. So the way it works is that you uh, wanna take the lozenge, uh, Lozenge, and you're looking, by the way, the dose is about 80 milligrams. That's what you wanna get. So you're gonna need to take several lozenges over the course of a day to equal that amount. But 80 milligrams, if you start taking it as soon as you feel symptoms, that's important, then that uh, can potentially reduce uh, the, the length of your cold. Now, there's some caveats here though, you don't want to take a larger dose. Uh, you don't want to take zinc for longer than a week because there are some potentially serious side effects like uh, uh, affecting your immune system with prolonged use of zinc. So you don't want to you don't want to use a lot of it and you don't want to use it too long. But over the short term, uh, if you take it right after you feel symptoms, it can make a difference.
0: How about a few days in?
1: It's possible, but it's ideal if you take it right as when you feel first feel the symptoms. Um, also, some people have side effects. Short-term, you can have upset stomach. It can leave a bad taste in your mouth for some people. So some people don't really like to use zinc for that reason. I think you just have to try it and see if you have those side effects, and if you do, weigh those side effects uh, against the possible benefits.
0: Yeah, I took coldies. That's what it was that I took. And it made me really nauseous. Like yeah. Maybe it's because I hadn't eaten enough that day, but I... I hated how I felt, yeah. so I've been well, avoiding for some, them. It
1: could be the zinc in there, and that's certainly the effect that some people have.
0: But my doctor always says take Coldy, so I might give it a try again. Um, are there any products that you've tried that you think are great in particular?
1: Nothing that has been shown to make a big difference, no. And that's, that's one of the frustrating things. We would think that by now we would have come up with a cure or at least effective treatment for the common cold, but no such luck.
0: Well, it used to be vitamin C. They'd say load up on vitamin C. But uh, what you, does that work?
1: Right. Well, vitamin C is the one that's sort of been traditionally uh, a lot. My mother, for example, swears by vitamin C. And a lot of people swear by vitamin C. And she doesn't like my answer to this, which is that... There's not good evidence it makes a big difference when it comes to colds. Now, there's certain exceptions. Uh, if you are a somebody who is exposed to extreme conditions, if you're a marathon runner, if you're a soldier who is, has to work in extreme, I am a soldier. rigid <laughs> conditions, yeah, then it, it, there's some evidence that it might make a difference in reducing the risk of colds. Also, if you take it regularly, that is, it may reduce your risk of colds. Oh, but so that's if
0: a, you take, like, uh, like vitamin C supplements, On a, a regular
1: chance. basis and you're exposed to extreme conditions, it's thought that it can... it's Been found to reduce the risk of colds. Also, interestingly, you know a lot of people start popping vitamin C when they feel uh, feel a cold coming on. Um, There's not evidence generally that helps, unless and there's some research that if you take a mega dose of 8,000 milligrams, and that's a lot. I mean, because the the uh, the standard upper limit, meaning how much is considered safe, is 2,000 milligrams. So we're talking about four times. Uh, the upper limit. If you take a huge dose, it's been found to lessen the symptoms. But the problem with that is that there are side effects. Yeah, what it that what much. are the side you effects? You can have a stomach upset. You can have potentially kidney stones if you take it for a while. So that's not necessarily something most people want to mess with. I'd rather
0: have a cold than kidney
1: stones. (laughs) Exactly. Just me. uh, The the cure is worse worse than the disease. (laughs) And so I think that for most people, though, it's not really a great option, unfortunately.
0: Well, Robert, thank you that, again, you've been so helpful. You are truly a joy and a pleasure to have here with us in the studio. So please come back soon. But until you come back again, how can people find you and get their daily dose of not only a multivitamin but of Robert? And Healthy Skeptic.
1: They can go to my website, healthyskeptic.com, healthyskeptic.com. Also, you can follow me on Facebook or Instagram, Healthy Skeptic. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Great. Awesome information. Thank you so much, Robert Davis. You are the absolute greatest. Always just a whole bunch of knowledge you're dropping on us. Um, Next week, we are coming back with an exciting episode. It's skinny habits that you need to start ASAP. You're not going to want to miss that. In the meantime, if you're not signed up for the Hungry Girl daily emails, you should go to hungry-girl.com and sign up for those. You can also check us out on Facebook and Instagram and everywhere else in the world. We're not going away. We're here to stay. Okay, I'm Lisa Lillian, also known as Hungry Girl. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time, chew the right thing.